Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. It's great to be back here. I took a little bit of a break. A couple weeks ago, I was actually uh, on a speaking tour in Australia. And an exciting and relevant thing to Jew in the City Speaks is uh, one of our listeners is uh, down under and she came up to me after one of my talks and told me that she enjoys the show. So it's an exciting thing to know that not only is our content on social media reaching people all over the world in 183 countries to date. We've seen from our analytics. Um, this show as well is getting to people all over the world. Um, we have a new video out on JewInTheCity.com. It's called What Do People Know About Orthodox Jews? It's a man on the street interviews that we filmed a few months back that we recently released. People have all sorts of misunderstandings about Orthodox Jews that uh, you might have gathered so far if you've been following along. Um, and one of the things that people misunderstand about Orthodox Jews, besides thinking that we're all Hasidic and sort of believing the most extreme opinions or you know most stereotypes, one of the things that people misunderstand even in 2015 is they don't realize that Orthodox Jewish women not only are allowed to work, um, but a lot of people don't realize how many different possibilities there are in the jobs that Orthodox women can do, are doing. And when I say people don't realize, I mean reporters at top um, you know, media outlets and people all over the place. And so not only um, do we see ourselves at Jew in the City educating people outside the Orthodox community about what's possible and what's happening, we see a need to educate people within the Orthodox community to let them know how many people misunderstand what's going on. And we've had some of our Orthodox fans sort of... Um, you know, incredulous when we told them that there are these misunderstandings that exist. They can't believe in 2014, 2015, um, such misunderstandings could still exist, um, and yet they do. Um, and so to help clear up some of those misunderstandings today, we have a couple women who are involved in helping women work. And today with us, we have Tova Herskovitz from Women in the Workforce. Tova, good morning, and thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me on. For sure. So um, can you tell us a little bit about what is Women in the Workforce and how it got started? Absolutely. Women in the Workforce is a division of Parnassa Network, which was started around eight years ago um, by Debbie Honig, um, who really wanted to create an organization to serve the Parnassa, which is a word in Hebrew for livelihood. So the Parnassa, the financial needs of, um, you know, Orthodox people. Um, he felt that there were lots of different, you know, organizations to help with mental health issues, with education with Kira, but nothing to really focus on people's struggles with Parnassa. Um, and as, you know, he was reaching out and working with different people, you know, we realized that having a, a division, you know, specifically for women would really be helpful because of their specific needs and their unique, um, you know, situation. Okay, great. And what kind of um, services do you offer as part of this organization? Okay, so we offer seminars, we have networking events, um, we have some webinars coming up that we're excited about, some live teleconferences, um, and we have a website that we're continuing to build up to be, um, you know, a center where women can learn, where they can um, grow, um, so things like that. And what we're most excited about now is at the upcoming Parnassa Expo on March 17th and 18th, we're going to be having a 2D program for women there um, at the Expo with seminars, with workshops. Um, panel discussions. We have some really interesting people coming to speak, women who are lawyers, who work in nonprofits, who work in business, who work in management, all different, um, all different kinds of profits and nonprofits. 
And, you know, I think a lot of women um, sort of struggle with the work-life balance situation. Every time I speak out of town, people that are seeing me there without my kids are like, how do you do it? So one of the tricks that I always give credit to is the wonderful husband who is back home with the kids, um, who's, uh, you know, supporting me and, and, you know, juggling his schedule to make this work. Do you think that, um, so I would say that all uh, women have, you know, this challenge of work-life balance and, you know, constantly doing that juggle. Do you think that Orthodox women have unique challenges that non-Orthodox or non-Jewish women um, do not face? Absolutely, and that's why we feel it's so important to have a group um, of women, working women who are religious, because let's face it, come Thanksgiving, you see everybody complaining, oh my gosh, I'm having 10 people for Thanksgiving, blah, 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 how am I going to survive? And Allison, we know that we know so many women who have 10 women every Friday night, right? Sure. And they have children. So... Our expectations for being a hostess, for being um, involved in the community, are so much higher than for women who maybe have one Thanksgiving meal the entire year, and they don't make Shalach Manis, and they don't make Pesach. Right. It's just a different world. And then we also have larger families. So maybe, you know, I don't know, you know what average family size is, but if you look around, the Orthodox women do have larger families, and they also have more financial needs. So, you know, we're paying tuition and we're paying for kosher food, so we need to work even more so than our secular, you know, counterparts if they're not, they don't have all those extra financial um, demands. Sure. Um, do you help people, like, with career placement, like, if they're not sure what direction they want to go to or they want to change career, career directions or helping them to be more successful in their current career? So we do both. So we're a network, so we have, you know, all different divisions um, and all different ways of helping people. Um, we have career coaches and consultants as well as business coaches who can help women decide, you know, what kind of career they want to go into or, you know, what kind of business they want to start. Um, so that's, you know, something that, you know, we want to help women with. And then we also want to help professional women. So women are already, you know, working and they just feel like they want, you know, some networking, they want some professional development, or maybe they want to have, you know, a peer group of women who, um, you know, are in a similar, you know, executive level. And, you know, maybe they don't, you know, have it in their neighborhood or, you know, in their community. I have some, you know, women, you know, women who are managers and, you know, big accounting firms and law firms. And they've reached out to me and said, we really would love to have like, you know, like a group of religious women, you know, networking and talking about what it's like to be in these high levels of management and also have a family and make Shabbos and, you know, things like that. And do you have any like anecdotes or specific stories of people who have come, of women who have come to your events who have benefited somehow? So one woman comes to mind. She was like one of the first per- people I interacted with, and it was just like so heartbreaking. It was I had just like started working there, and she reached out to us, and she said she owns a clothing store, and she desperately needs um, a, a loan, a money loan, because um, you know they needed to buy the next season's um, clothing. Um, let's say it was you know for the spring, and they just they couldn't even afford it. You know, and they have a clothing store. You know, like what was she going to do? And she was just desperate, and she reached out for us, and we were able to put her in touch with the Hebrew Free Loan Society, um, which is based in New York, and she didn't, you know, even know about that resource. Um, But we were so happy that we were able to help her. Um, You know, here she is, you know, supporting her family, and she has a store, and, you know, she was working hard, and, you know, it's tough out there, and we were so happy we were able to help her with that. Very nice. Um, and in terms of your own personal background, were you always encouraged to, you know, pursue a career or is that something that you got more interested on your own? Would they not talk about it in school or? Um, 
So I don't know about, you know, school in particular. I'm not sure, you know, career was, you know, stressed so much, even though I did go to a very academic career. I mean, school, I'm sorry. Um, But in my family, all the women, you know, have worked, both of my grandmother's work. One even has a PhD in Spanish literature, and she was a professor and dean for many years. And this is an Orthodox woman? social work. I have a master's in social work, and now my mom's getting another master's in museum education. So... Um, and these are and, and saying you're is your family working. Orthodox all the way back to the grandmothers as well? Yeah, yeah, all Orthodox. My grandmother was actually married to Rabbi Shlomo Freifeld, so she was even a Rebbitzin, and she had that PhD. Um, my mom's also a uh, Rebbitzin, married to a Rabbi's wife um, in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. So lots of women who are, you know, pursuing their passions and their career and finding what's interesting to them. So I was definitely encouraged that same way. But there are, so the question is, are there some communities where there is more of a box put, people are put into, or they do have less choices? Would you say that, I'm saying the fact that this, your grandmother Rebbitson doing this and married to a rabbit, that's very cool. That's, I think, surprises people. Would you say there are some places that people, that women are more limited or even men are more limited or? Yeah, definitely. There are certain, you know, communities within the Orthodox world where, you know, secular education or different kind of, um, you know, professions um, aren't as encouraged as others. Um, but I think, you know, I think definitely it's more about, you know, the, you know, the education and, you know, being in, you know, maybe like, you know, a secular um, university or college. Um, I don't know that it's so much about, you know, not having your career or, ha- you know, I guess it's women usually tend to gravitate towards something that's very, you know, comfortable or familiar to them. Um, easy for their lifestyle, like being a teacher or being a therapist or, um, you know, things like that. Um, but at the same time, you know, every Friday night we sing a song for the Aisha's Kyle, the woman who goes out, who provides for a family. Um, you know, she's someone who's, you know, she's out there in the world and she's active and she's creating. So in my mind, when I think, you know, of a Jewish woman, I think of someone who's very strong and who's, you know, someone who's active. And could you give us an example of some of the more out-of-the-box careers of women you've come across in your organization? Some out-of-the-box. Um, I'm trying to think. I've all, I myself was a equine therapist for a short equine while. Equine therapist. Um, you, a therapist so for I, horses. Yeah. So I was, um, I'm a licensed social worker. And at one point I was working on a ranch, which was owned by a from guy, and um, working with kids with horses. So that was definitely um, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think, um, what other careers women are doing. Um, I know we have, um, the director of, um, of communications at a good Yisrael. She's going to be speaking on our panel. Um, you know, so she goes to Washington and she works with politicians. She's in charge of their communications. Um, you know, she's a woman. Then you have at base Medrash Gavoa, which is the largest yeshiva yeah. in, um, in America. Um, so there's, uh, Hani Jakobowitz. She's there. She, um, She's the director of government affairs, um, you know, so she's there. So you have a lot of, you know, women who you wouldn't necessarily expect to be in leadership positions in these different establishments, and they are. Um, How can people sign up for the Parnassa Expo? So they can go to our website, parnassaexpo.com, um, and there you should find, you can register. Um, and then if you want to, you know, sign up and just give us a little bit of information about yourself, um, if you want to come to the women's programming, you can visit womeninworkforce.com. And there you just, you know, just fill out some information about what kind of things you're interested in, more professional development or work-life balance, um, so we have a better idea. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I hope the conference goes great. Okay. Thanks so much, Allison. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks. Bye.
And next up, we have another woman who is helping other women work. She's actually going to be speaking at the Parnassa Expo, um, and her name is Chaya Fishman, and she's calling in today from, is it Baltimore, Chaya? It's Baltimore. All right. I knew it was somewhere in that neighborhood. <laughs> um, but you're not just running the or involved with the, the Jewish Women's Entrepreneur Network. You're also um, in, in finishing up law school, or you're an attorney, or what, I, what's your background? Yeah. Well, I get I get a mazel tov because I uh, pushed. I graduated early, so I um, I'm free. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm finished with law school. I actually I loved it. I shouldn't make it sound so horrible. I, I actually I loved it. It was just a little stressful to navigate that with the Jewish woman entrepreneur. But but uh, that's behind me. I graduated in December and I just took the bar. So oh, mazel um, tov! All right. Well, good yeah. luck with uh, with the getting the, the scores back. And when yeah. when did you begin working as an attorney? So I begin um, in September at Miles and Stockbridge. I'll be in their corporate practice group. Which, Very exciting. Um, so while yeah. you were in law school and managing a family, you were founding an organization at the same time, correct? Yeah. And, um, I, you know, what? I, I always joke around that I had our son the first year of law school, and I launched the JWE at the same time. And the JWE is definitely the more uh, difficult child. <laughs> Um, <laughs> My first was pretty difficult. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you speak this language. You know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Um, so so yeah. I mean, I I will say that it was a lot of the classes that I took. You know, I've I have a finance and a business background, and I've always you know had a strong interest in entrepreneurship and supporting uh, entrepreneurs, particularly women entrepreneurs in the community. And so I really took the kind of classes and focused in the areas that I felt really leveraged my background and my interests. So now, it just was, to clarify something in terms of your Orthodox background, you come from more of a Haredi, ultra-Orthodox, base Yaakov background, is that correct? Yeah, you know what, I'm pretty typical, I mean, I'm, yeah, I would say I would, I hate labels, but if I had to be placed in one, I grew up, I grew up in a very open-minded home, I've, my family's extremely welcoming to, you know, Jews and just anybody from all walks of life, and that was something that was really instilled in me. But I, I did go through the base Yaakov system. I'll, I'll, uh, you, and, I'll, I'll tell uh, you why the labels are important to me, even though I hate labels too. Um, sure. I, the labels are important to me because um, if we're in the you know business of rebranding what these labels mean, because they're being used about us, whether or not we like them or not. If ultra orthodox always means close minded and you know doing something totally. awful and extreme, mm -hmm. so it's so important for me for us to show the world the people that are part of you know. This ultra-Orthodox system and world who are open and open-minded and welcoming right. because those stories are not told. So um, there's, right. there's an important part of the label as well. So you said so you had a strong business and finance background coming out of, this is from Beis Yaakov, you went to college and you, you got right. these backgrounds so, like that? Yeah, and I'll tell you just from my experience, I mean, with the JWE, that's the organization, is uh, we're working now with over 1,100 women. And wow. they're across the spectrum of orthodoxy. But there's a, a very large portion of the women we work with are from the ultra-orthodox and the Haredi communities. And the kind of businesses and industries they're in, I'll tell you just a, a quick snapshot. We have a mentorship program, and uh, we have 22 women that currently are working with a mentor this month. And of them, almost... I would say a third are in the tech industry. Hmm. And that's a unique industry for women in general. And for Haredi, Haredi women, you know, there's a lot of people make assumptions. Um, you know, entrepreneurship and is something that many women in the, you know, the Haredi community turn to because of the flexibility and because 
um, you know, they tend to have larger families, but, you know, that balancing home, balancing the Chagim. Um, but I also think there's just so much crazy talent in the community that, uh, that just ends up being the direction for many. From my experience in Beis Yaakov and then taking the you know, legal route, I will say that when I chose to go to law school, I was still very much in touch with my principal, who was very supportive. My husband and I sat with his Rosh Yeshiva and talked about you know, going this path and what that would mean. And he said very clearly, you've got to follow your heart and you have to work in an area where you're excited and you're passionate about, you know, there were other fields that might have been more family-friendly or that might have been more um, conducive to just, you know, maintaining, maintaining certain standards. And I find, you know, and law posed some tricky issues, but they were all easy to navigate with the right guidance, and they, it was all doable. And I was told, do what, what you're passionate about. And, and I felt tremendous support and tremendous backing from you know, my Haredi background and Haredi community, and my, my husband was learning in Kolo at the time, you know, and learning for Smicha, and that, you know, we, you'd say we weren't such a typical couple either, um, but, you know, he, he pushed me, he, very, he was very supportive of me going to law school, he picked up a lot of the slack in terms yeah. of keeping our house together. And, we should have um, a support group for our husbands, Chaya. <laughs> what'd you say? We should have a support group for our husbands. Oh, oh my gosh. Told, he would he would welcome that. Um, <laughs> and he's he started a nonprofit, you know, in his own. He's got his own program running right now, um, a Jewish leadership program. And so, um, you know, there's we're very busy over here. But he he was super supportive. And I think there's a. You're right. There are a lot of misconceptions. I would say one of the most interesting things to me was I was a part of the women's leadership and equality program at University of Maryland. And something they talk about a lot is you know when you want to make change in different cultures and different communities. You really, change is never possible unless you can walk in and really expand your cultural lens. And I found that even growing up in the Haredi community, there's so many misconceptions. And at a certain point, you sometimes even, you know, tend to believe them. And when you really, in my experience, and I know, you know, I can't speak for every single, you know, woman who's, who's tried to, you know, achieve professional success or, or launch a business. And, and I can't say that every single person that, ever been supported completely by the community. Obviously, there are, there are always exceptions, but I can speak of my experience, and I can speak for the women that we support in our organization and, and their husbands and their communities, and um, there's, there's tremendous, tremendous support for, for women, and there's um, working. I, I believe that, you know, something that we echo very strongly at the, you know, the JWE, our position is never, you know, telling people. We don't write the script we don't direct people's dreams. We help them achieve them. So we don't tell women you should work or we say, you know, HaKadosh Baruch God gave you unique strengths and talents and um, utilize them and we want you to have the access um, to the resources you need to achieve those dreams um, and, you know, achieve your professional and your personal goals. And that's a theme, you know, people often will say, have you met resistance from the communities? Um, what did the rabbi say? And, you know, I'll say, I, I, absolutely not. I mean, that's, that's not the case. Um, in general, that's, that's definitely not the case. And, the, again, the kind of innovation and the kind of um, industries that these women, I mean, Talia Mashiach is, is tremendous. Her company, Evet, is, is, is huge. And um, they're in event management. And they're also in the technology space. Um, you know, and she's, she's a real leader 
in the women in tech space. Again, I love technology. I'm going to keep talking about that. But I would say, you know, everything from technology to maybe an industry that you think would be more typical, like, um, you know, we have a lot of women in the catering business, um, a lot of women who are, you know, in the fashion industry, but they really, they, they span the range of, you know, absolutely everything. And um, there is no typical uh, orthodox Working you, know, you know, just going there back to what you wrote, the Rosh Hashiva said, I just, I just absolutely adore. If I could wrap it up and uh, you know, put a bow around it, follow yeah. your heart, you know, feel passionate about what you do. I think so many people from the outside look at orthodoxy as just sort of like raw, uh, rules and laws and you know things that we must do. And I think unfortunately there are places where people have that experience within their own observance where they weren't given that space. Look, I spoke in a community in the New York area about a year and a half ago, and there was a a female doctor working there, and she said when she asks kids of this certain group, uh, the girls, what they want to do when they grow up, the mothers say to them, please don't ask my daughter this question. She's not going to have any choices. So when I heard that, I thought like, oh, that's awful. That's, um, the, you're you're, <laughs> you're going to break her, you know, like let her let her have some space within the rules, you know. So um, so sometimes I get down, and um, I feel like, we, you know, we want to be honest and balanced about, you know, the fact that in some places things are more limited, but um, it really gives me a, a lot of hope and inspiration to hear this uh, Haredi rabbi to tell you that, you know, your heart and your passion should be part of the, the uh, calculation. Can you just give us a little bit of background? When, so you founded the JWE a couple of years ago, and what yeah. was the problem that you need to fix? What was broken that you just thought that, uh, you, you know, there must be a better way? Yeah, so... I um, ran a business when I was really young, and as a result, many women in the Orthodox community reached out to me and just with all different kinds of questions. How did you choose to be an LLC? How did you figure out your accounting? And I realized there was, well, there is so much support out there for women entrepreneurs. There really isn't anything that offers, nobody offering comprehensive and holistic support that is, you know, that caters to the unique cultural and religious needs of observant women. Now, we support women across the spectrum. Um, but but we really hit a need. We've hit a nerve in the um, Orthodox community. Um, so the JWE, in a nutshell, we're a national nonprofit, and we help Jewish women leverage their creativity and capabilities to launch and grow successful businesses. We've got really three core programs. We offer local collaborative support networks, and we have 12 chapters across America right now. Um, we offer business education through our chapters and online and through teleconferences, and we have a national mentorship program and a national business conference. So, um, you know, our, our vision is, again, I said this before, a world in where we empower every aspiring you know, Jewish woman to um, really be able to articulate and achieve her prof- professional and personal goals. And um, our, our services really enable that to happen. Um, I will say that, that you're right. There are we have to be realistic that there are communities and there are women that don't have access um, that maybe was as easy, you know, it was easy for me to go to law school and, and perhaps for others it's not. But I, but I think that from my experience, being within the communities and even some of the uh, stereotypical ultra, ultra Haredi communities, um, there is, there is support. Um, there's, the right platform has to be created for that support to take place, which is yeah. really, that's been our efforts in terms of our, our local city groups. But um, I, I do have, have hope, and I, and I think that, you know, the, the, world is, the world is changing. I think yeah. people, you know, they, everybody needs to make a living today. I think that women working has become something that, outside of the Jewish community, you know, 
the the efforts towards just women and equal pay and all of that. I mean, the world is shifting, and I think that um, in in a good way. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I've seen a lot of positive energy, and you know, you, you just you look through Tanakh and you look at the Torah and you look at Aisha Chayil. I mean, she's like engaged in international trade. Sure. I read through the English version, and I'm like blown away. This is the ideal woman, like. How does she do it? She's got, you know. Um, How did she juggle it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's no, got. I mean, uh... it's like there's international trade. She's got like boats shipping coming from afar. I mean, she's like it's it's wild. But um, so I, you know, I think that, and I think Akash Rachel wants us to utilize our our talents. So, um, and I and I've heard that. I've heard that from my you know spiritual guide, my rabbanim, and I. I've, that's my been my experience within my you know my system. Now, you guys, we're, we're coming to the end of the interview here, but just quickly, you got some nice press from the forward about a year ago um, at a convention that you had and showing that you have a Hasidic woman in your organization who, what, she has like a million dollar, multi-million dollar tile business that she started. She has a 12, 12 million dollar child, and she has 12 children. I, <laughs> I um, Seriously, I, I, I'm not sitting there to speak. And the funny thing is, it's an all-women's, the room is only for women, and her husband, so her husband couldn't get in, so he's kind of like looking, looking in from outside, and I'm thinking, someone's going to take a picture of this. Like, everybody thinks we're, we're shut out of everything. Like, poor guy. Like, right. we didn't let him in. He didn't feel comfortable. But, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. And there was another woman that was profiled whose husband ended up quitting his job to work for her. Is that totally. correct? Totally. There was a, that's a woman who's in risk management. Um, she built like a huge company. I mean, it's, it's wild. I mean, but it's, but they're, they're not one in a million. I mean, right. we've, we've got 1,100 women in our network and a large portion of them have, you know, they're not all $12 million companies far from that, but um, there's a lot of success. There's a lot of, you know, husband-wife teams and there's a lot of husbands working for wives and it, it works. So. I mean, I think it just sort of like um, totally, uh, blows apart the stereotypes when you hear of the woman that built up the business and the husband started working for her for every person that is sure the orthodox woman is subjugated and you know lowly um, it's just it, the proof is in the pudding now unfortunately there was a bit of a, a negative article after the forward from New York Mag which I called them out on where they called some of the women in your group fundamentalists which is just so <laughs> so annoying to me because these are women who are reading Lean In these are women who are watching Shark Tank and dreaming about being involved just because they're part of the ultra orthodox community doesn't mean they're fundamentalists. These are women that are obviously learning, uh, are interested in connecting to things beyond just their, you know, uh, four walls. Um, and it's it's a shame yeah. that um, it's a shame even when they've seen the existence of these things, of these powerhouses who are managing it all, that they're not willing to take an honest look at what the evidence is showing them and say, maybe I need to redefine what these terms mean. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I think, you know, in general, the media is looking more for hot stories than for, um, you know, genuine um, spotlights on um, on individuals or communities. But, um, you know, yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot of people are just not ed- are uneducated. Uh, and I think people, you know, like to, like to, it's sensationalism, you know what I mean? But, um but I, I agree, and I, I think that the more, you know, the more that w- women, you know, like myself in terms of just being a professional, and I, sometimes I get questions like, oh, you're, are you the real Orthodox? And I say, yeah, my husband took my chains off of, from the <laughs> kitchen just so I could come to law school. But don't worry, like, I'll be back in three hours, and I'll get back to making my challah. Like, people, you know, people say, people are just, 
Jillian, but it really is our job. I, I, I usually, after I joke, I try to give a thoughtful response saying, you know, no, you know, um, I'm sorry, I, I don't know where, where that perception comes from, but I'm happy to answer questions, and I'm happy that you can come to, love to invite you to my home and see what our family's like, and I'm just as much, I'm, you know, I'm still a mom first, and my family is most important to me, but I'm also a career woman, I'm also an Orthodox Jew, and, you know, I'm a multidimensional person, so, you know, and my lifestyle enables me to have different parts of me and celebrate them all. That's what being an Orthodox Jew means to me, so... Beautiful. What what a wonderful ending. And um, and keep on doing what you're doing and you. uh, keep on spreading, keep on inspiring more women. How um, can our listeners join the GWE if they'd sure. like to be a part of this? So visit the JWE.org and you can subscribe. We um, like us on Facebook. That's where we post all of our events. And um, if you're listening, there's probably a chapter in your community. So uh, once you're subscribed, you'll start receiving our newsletter and you can join. So that's Excellent. The Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Okay, See you take and there you have it. Women, Orthodox women are indeed working. Um, you know, just thinking a little bit more about this New York Mag article that, uh, you know, wouldn't accept the fact that these women were actually bigger than the places they came from and uh, were more interested in connecting the world and they wanted to give them credit towards. I think that we can change people's minds. We had a reporter, a secular Jewish reporter, came to our All Stars event this past December and after seeing the Orthodox Jews that we put forward and the careers they had, she realized that there was a lot of bias in the reporting that was being done in the reporting that is being done in the media. She said she became a journalist in order to tell the truth, and now telling a more honest story about religious Jews, religious people in general, is something she wants to work towards. So we have to just keep putting it out there, and I believe we will be heard. And if you want to hear us, please tune in next week, 10 o'clock, same time, same place. See you then.